You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Uh, as we sit down here to record now, we will be within or even less than 48 hours after knowing the number one overall selection. Kyler Murray, maybe. Arizona, if you're going to stray the course at this point, what the hell are you doing? Um, but we're going to get into a bunch of things here. Obviously, some action here as we are getting. I'm assuming we'll get a couple more moves uh, tomorrow and yeah, maybe even th- early Thursday as we get in here now. And, you know, obviously with you know the ball is teed up on the 2019 NFL Draft. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Obviously, Pete Smith is with me here. Pete, it, it seems you're feeling more relaxed. It seems like the takes and the talk is just flowing freely. Is the four-day... Non-vacation over, my friend? Yeah, that part is good. The bad part is, uh, so I was running a quick errand earlier earlier today and, you know, driving there, and I didn't feel like putting a podcast on, so I put terrestrial radio on, and it pains me that there are people out there who are not subscribed to Lockdown Browns and are listening to this, and... The question that the I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus, but if you listen to it, you probably heard it asking if could the Browns trade up and get Devin Bush. I how we're two days and we're we're two days from the draft. This can't be where we're at. Are we really? Go, are we going to find the way to trade up 39 spots, Pete? 39, 39 spots, and this it, 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 and this has been going on. Guys, and you know, even Patrick Peterson is unhappy. You have friends, you have loved ones. Don't don't allow them to, to have this. They deserve better. Well, I don't know what terrestrial radio is, but apparently that's maybe that's where the lockdown Browns need to be. But even still, guys, you know Patrick Peterson and these names, guys. There's not much left. Okay, the big game hunting, Pete. It's over. The big game hunting is over. Uh, Patrick Peterson thing's interesting. Um, but how? Know. I mean, what do you call him? I mean, because I'll tell you right now, there's Bill Belichick could call and say, hey, you want 32? What oh, did the, no, what did the mean, Browns counter with? Well, no, I mean, look, if the Browns didn't spend money on certain players, uh, like Patrick Peterson is the best cornerback in football. He's only making $11 million this year. Like, if the Browns had... The which financial is, which flexibility. Is just, which is I just, would totally offer, you know, a the the you know the second round pick or the twenty twenty first. And if somebody beats that offer, so be it. And if they don't want to pull the trigger for that, so be it. But this is you know why I stress making smart financial decisions because then you're in a position where this is possible, uh, where you could theoretically add a stud like that who's being underpaid. Uh, you know, with two years left on this deal, they could be added to the mix and, you know, put you over the top. That's where being smart financially is huge. And people talk, well, it's not your money and all this other crap. But this is the exact scenario that comes up. It was the same deal with, like, Khalil Mack last year. When you're smart, you, you put yourself in a position to do this. And, and again, it's not a situation where I'd be sitting there going, well, at, you know, give up. Three picks and all this. No, I mean, it's a one-for-one one or maybe a one in a conditional something. 
type deal where you're not, you know, all in on it. But I mean, the, if the Cardinals are in a situation where they basically, you know, it's untenable, and I don't, I don't know if that's true or not, and they basically decide we're going to move on, we'll take, you know, equivalent to a second round pick or whatever, then yeah, you can do that. And and certainly, you mentioned the Patriots. Certainly, that could be an option for them. But that's they're the example of being smart financially and what that allows you to do. They don't make bad financial investments. And, and and that's not to say that this is a realistic scenario, but when this starts coming up, this is why you need to be smart with that. Um, well, the thing is, is you don't pay two wide receivers $28, 29000000 million if you have a better wide receiver. But, I mean, it's all that stuff. First things first, if you're the Cardinals, if you want to shut Patrick Peterson up, Pay him more money. Um, he's not a fool. He sees the writing on the wall. He realizes this team is going nowhere, and he knows how good he is. So, look, uh, whatever. If we're going to suck, I better get paid out the yin-yang. This isn't even where we wanted to start, but obviously there's a lot going on here. Um, I guess, people, we'll, we'll, we'll go with this one first here. Uh, Frank Clark, um, Kansas City. With all, you know, obviously D. Ford gone, Justin Houston gone, and you basically just said Frank Clark's all we need to get over that hump and to be there in February in the Super Bowl. I I just don't get it. Uh, Seattle, congratulations. Nice job on your part. Uh, The extension for Frank Clark, woof. uh, Pete, this is just, I mean, I don't even know where to go. I mean, I, I don't like the extension. I don't like what Kansas City paid. Seattle now with two first-round picks. Maybe they won't even take either of them because that's the way Seattle does business. This, I mean, this this is a big, big stinking onion and a lot, a lot to peel here. Um, There's a lot of levels to this, and they're all bad for the Chiefs. Um, yeah. First... You uh, you traded D Ford. I totally understand trading D Ford. He's extraordinarily risky uh, with his career to date. Injuries, inconsistency. You know, you don't want to pay him a massive deal. I totally understand it. You get rid of Justin Houston again. I understand it. You got a second round pick for D Ford. Then you turn around and you trade equivalent to the Khalil Mack deal for uh, Frank Clark who is not nearly as good as Khalil Mack. Uh, he's not as good as Olivier Vernon, uh, which, by the way, is just points to how good the Browns are in that, in that situation. And I know there are people saying Frank Clark's better. Bullshit. He's not. Um, whatever, you can say he had more sacks. Olivier Vernon gets more pressures. He plays against better team, or better opponents. All of it. Uh, so... You have given up this massive amount of draft capital for a guy who's not as good. On top of that, he has a – and again, this is alleged because he was never actually prosecuted for it, dating back to staying at a hotel in Ohio uh, way back when. And if you read like the Deadspin report and some of the details of the arrest and witnesses and stuff, it's – gruesome unsettling and everything awful about it even if you say well he wasn't they didn't you know they didn't deal, do anything with that um you still have the issue of the fact that this guy can't stop sucker punching his teammates um <laughs> which 
seems like it should be a problem. But on it, like w- when you consider the domestic violence issue, you consider the fact the Chiefs had Kareem Hunt. They have Tyreek Hill, who currently, at least temporarily, has lost custody of his child because of the investigation going on there. And you're the team. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Can we just continue with that with his fiance is currently pregnant with twins? So that should only make the situation easier at home, Pete. Yeah, that's, you know, that's not, nothing good is coming from that situation. And maybe the Chiefs are confident it's going to work out. But at least right now, he has temporarily lost custody. Maybe that's purely a matter of course uh, and whatever. Protocol, yada, yada, yada. That is still an ongoing issue. And you're the team, and I don't remember how many years ago it was because this is how often it never comes up. You're the franchise that had Javon Belcher commit murder-suicide in front of your, you know. And you're building like of all teams that should be sitting there going, we do not want this type of situation. And certainly Javon Belcher, that is, you know, mental illness factors into that. But again, you're dabbling in this thing where you, the Kansas City Chiefs can be, you know, reasonably associated with the team, the NFL's official sponsored team of domestic violence, which should be a massive problem for them. And there should be, some columnist in Kansas City or covers the Chiefs who should include that in every single article they write. And that should be hugely hit upon when they get to, you know, the press conference and stuff introducing that. This is not like a small deal. This is an obvious issue. But then you get to the point of the fact that, yeah, between you move on from D Ford and Justin Houston and you bring in Tyron Matthew and you bring in D Ford and you're basically saying and Emmanuel Agba. Uh, you got Riverick Murray as well, and you're basically saying this is enough. Uh, they certainly have, a, they still have five draft picks and stuff, but that's it. And they gave him 65 million guaranteed over five years. That is, and, and I mentioned on Twitter, it's the Jarvis Landry of edge contracts. Like that's a terrible financial deal. It will not end well. Uh, you're beyond. You're a- you're asking him to be even better than he has been with the money you just gave him. He was a good player who contributed, but the money you just gave him now, you're treating him like he is one or two in the edge rankings, pass rusher rankings in the NFL. He's not. Right. He No, it's just not there. And, and you can say, well, Steve Becks, Magnolo believes he's going to get the most out of him and all that stuff, but... Yeah, I mean, beyond the risk of, you know, who he is as a person in terms of being, uh, you know, responsible enough to not screw it up in terms of getting that money, he's – it's it just there's nothing in his career that has said he's going to live up to $20.1 million annually per year. It just – it's the Eric Berry contract. It's Justin Houston all over again. You, you're putting yourself right back into financial hell after getting out of it. You, you uh, like this is the worry you have with Baker Mayfield is is they've got Pat Mahomes, they've got you know this window to win, and they you know put way too much in the middle to try to capture that. Uh, and that's you know that's the worry you have as a Browns fan that they're going to overcommit and end up putting themselves in a bad situation, but. You know, the Chiefs 
are a very good team, very explosive offense, but they do not feel a, a bit more like a Super Bowl contender than they did from the start of today when they had the first round pick and the second round pick next year. I do not, I am not remotely worried more about the Kansas City Chiefs this year. Not, no, and there's no way around it. And the thing with the, and, and I went through this day with somebody, and, and it turned out the guy was an Eagle fan, or whatever. He just ended up getting blocked into oblivion. But uh, he's like, well, he ended up marrying her. They have a kid together. Well, if you do anything and you do any history with domestic violence, women are scared to leave. This is what happens. This is the pattern. It, it's the whole disgusting thing and why it needs to, you know. And, well, you know, well, he served his time. How did he serve his time? Because somebody slapped him on the wrists? No, if you knock a woman out, you, you should go away for a, a minimum of years. It's whatever. But you're the Chiefs. This is the guy you're going to rely on. It's not going to do a bit of difference. And like Pete said, I agree. The Cleveland Browns, you should be no more scared. And if anything, this helps you because this is going to limit what the Chiefs can do. Uh, so, I mean, whatever. I mean, knock yourself out. I mean, go ahead. I mean, extend Tyreek tomorrow. Do that next. I mean, if this is what you want to get in bed with and bank your future on, God bless you. There is, there is that, Pete. I hear. I, I know you got something, Pete. When you when well, I hear the breathing, I know you got yeah, something. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just going to – I will defend the idea that I understand the Chiefs trading out of 29th pick. Like, I get it from that standpoint. You, you don't love this draft. You want to get an impact pass rusher. I get it. But let's I put just it this, don't think let's this put it, is the way to do it. What if Brian Burns – and because everybody says now Brian Burns is dropping. What if Brian Burns was there at 29? You got a guy at 21 years old. Yeah. Well, not even. Not well, he, I mean, he's, today, twenty-one today. Oh, tw- twenty-one! To, happy birthday, Brian Burns. Uh, yeah, I mean, there are certainly other options. I just think you know, you you you, you, get, you used your first-round pick, and obviously the Browns are in the same situation. You used your first-round pick on Odell Beckham. You used your first-round pick on uh, on uh, Frank Clark. Like, who do you feel better about? And again, if you're if you're sitting here as a Browns fan, going, I'm not sure. Think you look at it from you know I I like Kevin Zettler I, I think he was a good player uh, I think he will be a good player with the Giants I wish him nothing but the best but if you're asking me who did better the Browns trading Kevin Zettler for Olivier Vernon or the Chiefs doing this it's a hundred percent the Browns and then take take that over to uh, the Odell Beckham deal you know Odell Beckham for a first-round pick, Jabril Peppers, and that third, or this pick for Frank Clark, I'm taking the Browns on that, too. So, yep. like, and that is why I was poking fun at the idea of, and somebody did it for me, is making the, you know, the 80s sort of uh, meme of, uh, you know, the the video game slash 80s uh, action hero guys, you know, high-fiving, and that Sashi putting together Miles Garrett and Larry Ogunjobi and now uh, Dorsey putting together Sheldon Richardson and Olivia Vernon with Jannard Avery, you're just in such a better position. Like, it's just insane how far better off the Browns are than the the Chiefs are right now, which is fascinating because obviously the Chiefs were in this situation. But it, it also, one last thing on the domestic violence, and I don't want to dwell on this too much, it does go to the point that, the only reason the Chiefs got rid of Kareem Hunt is because he lied to them. It wasn't the domestic right, violence. That's the problem. Everybody, you know, and some people, well, you know, the problem was that he lied to him. 
Lied about what? That's the problem. It was, it, well, if you had told us sooner, Kareem, we could have maybe covered this up and you know, damage, you know, damage controlled this better. Seriously? Fucking seriously, Pete? Yeah, that's it's terrifying, and and that's why I poked fun at the idea. You know what? You know what? What would the Chiefs like for? What, what would the Chiefs give up for Kareem Hunt? You don't care about the domestic violence stuff, and you need a running back. Um, yeah. So the, the, nothing about this makes the Chiefs look good, and they should get crushed for it. And you know, I I give credit to uh, I briefly caught around the horn long enough for Sarah Spain to rightly point out the domestic violence issues with Frank Clark and everything going on with this. Like, this is a weirdly not covered story. This is a real issue that this could absolutely blow up in your face. And he's being paid as like, you know, this is the type of deal you give a guy like miles Garrett. He's obviously going to get more by that point, but of course you, you give this guy, you know, the guy who's good for your franchise, this type of money. And the chiefs are giving a guy who's, you know, arguably a ticking time bomb, that type of money. How does this not end extremely poorly? Like, I hope everybody figures this out, but just Frank Clark's history to this point is not being a good guy at all to women, to his teammates, to whomever. Like, it's just bad. And now you're saying we are going to live our, our future rests on Tyreek Hill and Frank Clark being big time players for us and what that represents. Like I, I'm fascinated. And, and I, you know, obviously we, we both know a few chiefs fan. It, it's fascinating watching the reactions to this whole thing. And I'm curious to see how this keeps going. Where, how do chiefs fans react, react when they sort of see all these things happen and, and where this thing goes and, and how they're going to view their football team. It, it's like, taking what the Browns did with Kareem Hunt and magnifying it by like times 100 Kareem Hunt's on a, you know, a one year prove it deal. Uh, and obviously there's video attached, but like that was a big deal and you're doing this and you're giving $65 million guaranteed to this guy. Who's got these issues. Like, how is that going to play out? This is, I, I, I'm genuinely fascinated to see how this thing goes. Yeah, um, well, a couple things here. Uh, my uncle lives out that way, relocated about probably right before I got married, so we're closing in on 15 years now. So he sends me a text today. He's like, oh, he's like, well, Frank Clark, good player, gets a lot of sacks. I'm like, Uncle Mike, Google Frank Clark an incident. And he, within seconds, ah, never mind, POS. Um, and, you know, my uncle is closing in on 70 years old. Um, it's just it's just not the way to go. It's not the guys you want to get in bed with. It's not the guys you want to rely upon. And you know you moved on from two pass rushers, and now you're paying one pass rusher a boatload more than you were paying two. And you still have coverage aspect and line. I mean, I don't know. And, and I understand maximizing the rookie contract window with Patrick Mahomes, but good lord! But then you look at teams like the Minnesota Vikings, Danell Hunter, who puts up similar numbers i mean it's it's oh you know it, there's no difference guys what if you say a guy's a double digit sack guy he's a double digit sack guy you know every, you know whether it's 10 or whether it's 14 a lot of that is luck a lot of that is the quarterback turning the wrong way double digits is double digits um they paid through the nose for frank clark itunes rating reviews guys they always help the show they you know 
obviously draw new listeners. Uh, please continue to do that. Drop a five-star, drop a written review here where we're kind of butts off here doing all this draft stuff. we got a bunch of stuff, of fun stuff coming Thursday and obviously Friday, Saturday as we get through this draft. So go ahead, uh, you know, make sure you're over to iTunes if you're listening there. Five-star, written review. Take care of yourself. Save your loved ones from terrestrial radio. You deserve better. They deserve better. They do, they do. Now, Pete, we'll get into the other uh, – and look, uh, Albert Breer, I, I think we've all maybe given too much credence to Albert Breer because this time of year, Albert Breer is kind of a uh, – the old baseball adage, uh, mini Mendoza, uh, you know, maybe bats about 200 with these type of takes. Um, and this is going to bring up something interesting too because, you know, a lot of you guys don't want to talk – cap and that's fine i get it whatever everybody's enjoying the moment they don't want to but everybody oh well you see this move that this team did look you can't renegotiate baker's rookie deal you can't renegotiate miles rookie deer deal and these are going to get very excessive as they go on um but pete and i guess i'll open with this is first things first if the draft is in less than 48 hours what in the world would you be looking to create a hole for and trading Joe Schobert, Joe, of all of everything that is with this franchise, Joe Schobert may be the guy you have to move on from? Uh, seriously? Uh, so, Albert Breer is a water carrier, for the most part. Um, for and, who? We don't know. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, for one guy, it was for Josh McDaniels. Uh, when he kept pushing, Josh McDaniels was going to be the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. They never had any interest in him. They never talked to him. And yet, every week, Albert Breer pushing the idea that Josh McDaniels was going to And be the every coach. week, <laughs> Pete and I told you, Josh McDaniels screwed over Chris Ballard, who was a close yeah. friend of John Dorsey. And John will, he's like... John is the, my word is strong as oak. Like, he will back his friends, and you guys didn't want to listen on that part. But I don't think this one's out of nothing. The problem is I think it's about two weeks late, and I'm not going to get into anybody else's money. For people who you know are subscribers over at the OBR, You, I think this rumor has to do with another rumor that came out over there. Um so for those who are subscribed, you can put that together. But I, I do think that basically this what what uh, Breer is talking about is about a week or two old and no longer relevant. Um, yes. I don't I, I don't think um, I, I don't think they're looking to move him now. I think it may have been sort of sort of a buffet of options that could have been involved in that other rumor. I don't think it was necessarily we're trying to get rid of this guy to do this. Um, and again, I don't think it's relevant now, so it really doesn't matter. Uh, I, you know, We'll see what happens this year with him. I still assume, because I live in a world that is sane, that they're going to extend him and keep him in fold because he's great uh, and he's only likely to have a career year with what they've done around him. And it, not only getting Sheldon Richardson... Uh, up in front, but getting Steve Wilkes uh, as opposed to Greg Williams and and Blake Williams, who you know, in in terms of their linebackers, tended to use them exactly backwards and put them in positions that were not comfortable and made their work uh, more difficult. So I think 
He's you know healthy. Obviously, the hamstring hurt him the second half of the, you know the year. Uh, they were zero three without him uh, for that for for that purpose. That's how much of a difference he made. But um, I yeah, think their doors kicked in. Yeah, I mean seven and five, seven five and one with him, zero and three without him. Um, if you didn't notice the difference, you should. Um, but I you know I, I think everything sets up for if he's healthy, he's going to have the best year of his career. Uh, and then I would assume that they'll get a deal done. I think if they can negotiate it earlier, then they'll stay out of the insane range of what CJ Mosley got. And it's still going to be, you know, uh, 10 plus million, maybe as high as 12 million or something like that. But I think if they can get it done earlier rather than later, they can be uh, more happy with how they structure the money. He can be happy because he's, you know, he gets to stay where he wants to stay. Uh, gets that financial security and knows knows where he's going to be, you know, for hope, what is largely the entirety of his career in a situation where he's expecting to compete for playoffs and the Super Bowl every year. This is sort of you know what everybody's been waiting for. So I think that's ultimately what happens. But stranger things have happened, and if you know ultimately they were to move him or let him walk, then you're gonna get into first it's. I'm going to crush the move because it's insane. And then second, you are going to get a legitimate conversation, which I've largely dismissed from this to this point of my guys versus not my guys. Because at that point you are letting go a great player uh, for, you know, allegedly financial reasons, which you can easily figure out based on the players they have right now, create 20 million like that next year uh, of players that are not good. Uh, or underperforming or whatever, uh, this is the type of guy. And I also think there's an element of with him, with Treader, and with Larry Ogunjobi, I do think there are going to be uh, you, you you that element of you need to reward your guys. I think if you let those guys walk out the door without getting paid, especially Treader. Treader's the one I think that could be really problematic, uh, that he basically killed himself for you last year, was very good. And you basically reward him by kicking kicking his ass out the door type deal. Um, I think those three guys need to get signed, extended, whatever to you know eliminate what could end up being a feeling that Dorsey's just about mercenaries and not really building a team. And I already think it's bullshit. But his line about you know we're trying to make better men. If you're if you say that and you let better men walk out the door, then you're a lying asshole. Well, the thing with Joe, and the first thing I go to, and uh, if anybody watches Friends, um, when Ross and the whole Emily thing and got married, and he had to get rid of everything he owned, you know, and I remember Joey, well, you know, why does he have to get rid of everything? Does he, they think it has Rachel Cooties? Like, does John Dorsey have to get rid of everything that was associated with Sashi Brown? Look, Joe Schobert was drafted in the fourth round. Uh, he was an outside linebacker, and... For the most part, Petey was an outside linebacker who had good pass rushing skills. They needed a middle linebacker. They asked him to take on the role. He embraced it. He dove into it. He delved into it. And Pro Bowl season in his first year as a middle linebacker. This year, he would have went to the Pro Bowl if he'd had those other three games to his resume. This defense was lost, was dog crap without him. And I'll be honest with you, you know, I, Joe has been on the show I talk with Joe. I talk with his wife. You know, I message with him. 
I, I don't think they are break the bank type of people. I, I, I don't see it like that. Um, yes, is you know the money rising? Of course it is, and you're going to have to give him a substantial amount. I'm not sure it's so much about you know length and total contract as much as it is just give me a guaranteed favorable number. And I think you could maybe get Joe to agree to a six, seven-year deal as long as the guaranteed money, and it's a certain amount, and you know, where he knows that him and his wife, they are set, and you know, life will go on well for them long beyond them, that's fine. But I, I, to create another hole right now, first off, is asinine. To create another hole where the guy who may, is not your most talented player on defense, but he is the school teacher, he is the one that keeps it all freaking going. It's just dumb. It's it, it's insanely dumb. And the other thing is, there's no move that you can do. And you know, even to say this, I mean, there's no move you can do where if you're going to move Joe here within the next, now I guess it's got to be 40 hours, where you're going to get Devin Bush or get Devin White. So who the hell is playing linebacker on this team? And, and you need it, and I 100%, 2017, he had a stout defensive line in front of him. They were fantastic defending the run. 2018, it was Joe Point in the center. Who's that guy again there playing D-tackle? But now you're going to go into 2019 where he should have a stout defensive line in front of him, and he'll be able to free, roam, make the plays. His coverage ability is off the charts. Oh, well, he missed some tackles. Yeah, Joe admitted it to a man. He missed some tackles, and it was not his best. But it's it's absolutely insane. Uh, I, I pray this one's wrong because this could be another one where you can just you know laugh at Albert Breer because he gets these wrong a lot. But even moving Joe on now, I, I I don't know what the return is, and I don't see how it's great. I think he his biggest value is within the facilities at Berea, and that's the way it should go there. So, I mean, just to go on this any further, it's, it's it's poppycock, it's BS, it's asinine, whatever term you want to use. Remember to get this show every day. Subscribe to Locked on Browns on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya and the purated play- playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store. Make sure you are subscribed to Locked on Browns. We do have some listener questions here, Pete, which we're going to get to. I'm sure most of them are Joe Schobert related. Uh, so, you know, obviously we're going to dig those up here for you guys. Um, so, Pete, I, look, I, I definitely can tell the draft is here within, you know, two days because a little bit fired up. Everybody's a little fired up. All right, let's see. All right. Oof. All right, I'll go with our uh, buddy down in Australia. Uh, acceptable outcome if Duke and Schobert are shipped. I'll just start with this. There's no acceptable outcome if Joe is shipped. Duke, I think, Pete, we're going to the point now where it's a foregone conclusion. Yeah. Um, I, I, again, with Duke Johnson, it's get a player or move up in the draft or whatever to get a specific player. Um, I think that's the likely scenario or they end up keeping him. I, I'm good with that, but I think that's ultimately what's going to happen. Um Schobert, I mean, uh, can you get a good Mike linebacker that's going to provide what he does? No. So there isn't one. I mean, I don't, there is no scenario. Like, somebody's talking about, like, well, what if they want to go up and get, you know, one of the Devons? 
you're hoping one of the Devons ends up being Joe Schobert. You already have Joe Schobert. Like, that's the goal. And they, they wouldn't do it the same way he does, but that's what you're hoping for, a Pro Bowl caliber linebacker. Do uh, these guys ho- realize where Devin White and Devin Bush are going to be drafted? These guys are going to go top 10. Yeah, I mean, and they're going to make a shitload of money. Yeah, that, well, that's the other part is is you know the fifth 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 pick and presumably burden hand burden hand. Yeah, I, I, those guys are getting paid. Like fifth fifth pick in the draft uh, is likely to be one of the highest linebacker contracts in the league. Um, He's going to make more than Roquan Smith for God's sake. I mean, yeah, one I mean, year that's, into it. that's where that goes. So. Again, uh, what you're hoping to get from Schobert is basically Schobert. I mean, that's the thing. You, you, there's nothing really to move. Um, so uh, that's that's what makes this a problem. Is I don't. There's no benefit there. They don't have a guy who's in house where you're sitting there going, "Well, if I move if I move Joe Schobert, I've got so and so." It's the opposite. They have nobody. Uh, you know, Chris Kirksey's going to play by virtue of his money and everything else, but. If they, he's have, healthy. they have special teams guys as backups right now. They need linebacker depth. You're telling me Ray Ray Armstrong can't, can't just come in, Pete, and do the same job? Or or Tanner Vallejo. I mean, he did great without Schobert last year. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's Killed the it. problem. That's what makes this an issue, and that's why, you know, I don't think it's any any real thing. And, and you know, again, you're cre- not just creating a hole, creating a massive hole. And, you know, the game, I would say, if you want to watch a game from last year and go, wow, Joe Schobert was good, it would be that Jets game. He was outstanding in that game in terms of coverage uh, and, and doing all the things he could do. He picked off Sam Darnold. Uh, I think he would have had a set, another pick if not for uh, a penalty. Uh, just the amount he can do in coverage and all those things is just outstanding. And and. For fitting what the Browns are going to be doing, they're hopefully going to be scoring a lot of points. So what do you want? A linebacker that can cover at a high level. And Schobert's one of the best in the league right now. So healthy and you know with more protection in front of him, he's going to be outstanding. He could also blitz uh, at a high level and, and do those things. He makes a lot of plays behind the line of scrimmage. He does everything you could possibly want. You can say, well, he, need, he, he needs to clean up some missed tackles. Okay. That's, you know, that's fine. But, like, today telling me Quan Alexander is better than Joe Schobert, he's not. He's a very high potential player, but he's not better than Joe Schobert. That's the thing. He, like, you know, normally bronze fans are akin to overrate their own players. But when the case of Miles Garrett, Joe Schobert, and obviously Jabril Peppers no longer here, but those three play- players were ridiculously underrated from last year. Those are star players, uh, and you want those guys to stick around. Look, you always need your Mike linebacker. It's going to set everything up. It's just everything flows through him. Um, you lose just like the cohesiveness of a defensive unit without him. And there's and for those who follow the game but don't you know know the game or you know coach it or you know, involved you know. The way Pete and I are, there's times where Joe, you know, there's and you see it. He's constantly communicating, and there's tips he's giving, and there's things that you know he knows more than the other guys, just because that's the effort he puts in, and it it just means 
so much. And it's a shame that he's underrated. And it's you know he is underrated amongst Browns fandom. He's underrated within the league, and it's terrible. Um, who is Pete's Larry Ogunjobi this year? Mid-round guy that you absolutely love and would be over the moon if we actually landed. And this is Emblaze79. That's a damn good question because there's nobody sitting there where I'm going. It's also, it's also a different scenario, though, because where it was, you know, he could pick the brightest apples off the tree early and then it wears a gem later on. Uh, I mean, I don't think – the guy – I'll say I'll say Kalen Saunders. I will say if, you know, you can move up from 80 and go get him at somewhere or forgot, you know, the people are putting him in the 100s. Uh, if he's sitting there at eighty, and you you know you can run the card up and grab him and plug him in, that's that's the dude uh, for what you want. Uh, there's nobody better. Yeah, Larry Okajobi was in a unique situation. They needed all everything, and I thought he was actually going to play the three. Uh, but yeah, he he's uh, everything you want, and that's you know this is the same type of thing with Schobert. It's not just about. The player, granted, Larry Ogunjobi had a an elite profile, athleticism, production. Even if it was at Charlotte, it's about it's a people business, and Larry Ogunjobi is the people you want on your team, and you identify those guys that can do that type of thing. Maybe a Julian Love from Notre Dame might fit that type of uh, of, of of guy that's not going to be you know a super super early pick, but has all those traits, and then is a great player great person those are the guys who are likely to hit and hit really big yeah um Kalen Saunders would be my first guess uh I'll go with Michael Dogbay as well um you're talking about you know well-educated oh absolutely uh, commit to everything they do um you know you're going to put on 50 pounds walking into a college campus and get that much bigger you're going to work out everything that's what you and especially with the way this Browns roster is currently constructed you want the guys who you don't have to ask them to go the extra mile. It's just the way they're built. And you know who is the one of those guys? Is Joe Schobert. So you don't move on from those guys. It doesn't matter if you brought him in or not. If the guy is the goods, the guy is the goods. Are they going to move on from Miles Garrett? No, they're not. So look, it's you do not have to get rid of guys because Sashi brought him in here because, my God, you may get cooties from them. What would be more of a surprising move, Pete? Trade up to get Simmons or trade out of 49? Don't trade up. Don't Wait, trade. well, I mean, the, 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 those are both the same thing. I mean, well, Trade out of 49. I, guess, oh, I mean, maybe he means trade down, I guess, is what we're going to go with here. And, Steven, thanks for the question. I, this is the way we're going to play it, though. Um. I don't think they're going to move up for Jeffrey Simmons. I think, you know, and we did this with the mock draft. Ellie, Ellie Wolf seemed like he kind of killed that today. Did he? Good. Uh, he spoke about not really, he didn't seem the emphasis was there to trade up in round one that need to, what was going to feed, uh, you know, I'm sorry, what was going to meet the Browns' needs. Yeah, I, I, I think Jeffrey Simmons is going to go to the end of the first round. Uh, obviously, we did that with the mock draft. I think the Rams make a ton of sense in that in that vein. Seattle, is Seattle now with two first round picks make make a ton of sense, and and they could do it. Um, it's there are a lot of intriguing teams that can say we don't need Jeffrey Simmons right this second, but if we can get him at the end of the year again, obviously that's something I don't think is a good idea. But certainly teams may look into that. Or again, you look at a team like the Dolphins who pick right in front of the Browns. 
they if if he's sitting there, I don't know how they don't take him because he's giving them everything they want. Uh, not playing this year, so they can suck, uh, but having substantial talent next year. And they've already, you know, and granted, domestic violence is a different deal and, and his situation, but they did deal with Laramie Tunsil. That has worked out very well for them. Uh, and they have a fan base that's a little more, or I should say a little less engaged day to day in terms of that stuff. So they're in a better position to take that thing. I don't think Jeffrey Simmons is going to be last long enough that the Browns are really going to be in a position. Now I could be dead wrong and they could absolutely do it, but I really do think this is, this is a convenient smoke screen for the Browns that it's basically everybody's putting us on this guy. We are free to do whatever the hell we want. Uh, and, and it's, you know, under the cover of darkness, essentially, uh, so yeah, I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I, you know, I think they are more likely to move up from 49 than I, I, I don't think it's very likely they move down from 49, uh, not impossible. I think the only way they would move down from 49 would be out. And that would be if somebody wants to give them a first round pick next year for it. And again, that's another very unlikely scenario. Oh yeah. I think, I think 49 is a really good spot really. And, you know, if they want to move up a couple spots because they, they have a guy like Justin Lane or, you know, Juan Thornhill, which everybody is driving me nuts with, not speculating that Seattle's going to take him with one of those first-round picks. You can all go to hell. Um, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Yeah, that's another guy. That, that, that would, you know, no, but that would, that would be a guy for Seattle. That would be the guy for yeah. Seattle. So, I think, you know, I think more than likely they just sit tight at 49. The other thing that's really weird and it's making me nervous, and it's probably based on nothing, is the idea that all these people are like, well, John Dorsey's not going to sit there on Thursday and just do nothing. Like, go to hell. Stop messing with me on this one. I, I like, <laughs> I hope he I hope he leaves the building and, like, goes and does whatever he does for fun for the day and just sort of hangs out and, and does whatever and then comes back on Friday, uh, you know, and, and moves on. I mean, it would take a colossal a colossal player to be there at maybe post 25 where you're just going to, you know, punt your 2020 first round pick and just go to it. And I'll be honest, I don't know who the player is. Um, And if it's a defensive back, I don't want to hear it unless 14 went already. I don't see the need for it. Steven, uh, I would say this for your question. Um, what would be the more surprise? The more surprise would be getting the hell out of eighty and going north. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think I think yeah. that I think that that hole between forty nine and eighty is where they could really look to fill. And again, it depends on what they get at forty nine. If they get you know safety, uh, they could go up and get a cornerback. If they get a corner, they could come up and get a safety or a guy's just falling they really love. And the guy. The guy that I'm wondering if they don't make a move to go up and get is Max Sharping. And obviously, I've had him linked to them recently. But if they're sitting there going, you know, we don't want I to... think we just found your Larry Ogunjobi. Maybe, maybe it's maybe. Max Sharping. Max but, Sharping. Uh, but, I, but, but I do think that because of their situation with Greg Robinson and the way that Dorsey sort of operates in terms of offensive line, and you know, this goes back to Kansas City with Mitch Morse, uh, certainly Austin Corbett last year. I, he just seems like a guy who's never comfortable with the offensive line. And that's one of the things I really like about 
uh, John Dorsey as critical as I am of him, but like getting Kendall Lamb at a really nice price, getting Eric Cush at a really nice price. If they have an opportunity and they're going, they love Max Sharping. If they do, and they're going, we don't want to wait. We don't want to mess with it. We want to make sure we get our guy, put him in place, so we at least have a very good option for next year uh, with Sharping. I could absolutely see them do that. And that's where, but you're filling the biggest. You're filling holes, but you're also filling holes that affect what is the biggest part of all of this, and that is. Baker Mayfield, that's what it, it's what it's about. Obviously, you know, Miles Garrett is just as essential on the defensive side of the ball, but you want, you know, there's no way you protect your defensive end. There's a lot of ways you protect your franchise quarterback, and that's what you got to go with. Uh, guys, some great questions. Obviously, a bunch of more Joe Schobert related, which we went into in depth. Um, you guys know our feelings on these guys, and maybe that's why me and Pete have, you know, the, the relationship we have and we're able to do these shows. Find another guy. Find another guy. You don't need this. And I got news for you guys. As as the game goes on and fandom grows on, you have a ton and ton of women. And you have a ton, a ton of kids. You don't... And look, you know, 12, 11 years old, that's what my daughter's age are. My daughter today, you know, you know, she said, oh, oh there's a big movement today. And she had her phone and she went and she Googled Frank Clark. It's like, oh, dad. I was like, yeah. And she's like, oh. You know, like, this is what... This stuff can't be swept under the rug anymore. Well, not only that, but it furthers the stereotype that all football players do this. Like, this is what happens. You you get a guy who gets paid like this, and you have casual fans that sort of just aren't really football fans, or maybe they watch it casually on Sunday, or, you know, they just notice it in the paper or whatever, or, or whatever, you know, the internet... Uh, and they go, well, oh, of course, football player, of course, they're all like that. And they aren't at all. And that's the thing that makes it very frustrating is when you reward, quote, unquote, bad guys, the good guys get sort of thrown into that mix and, and smeared with them. Football players in general have a lower arrest rate than the general population, lower at every sort of crime, whatever. But because bad guys get rewarded because of talent uh, and what they can do for teams, that people sort of assume that everybody's like this, and that's a bad, bad deal. It's not about what you do; it's about what you do on the field, and that's you know that that, that is a huge part of it. And you know, especially you know, and look, it, it, this is what you. I mean, if everything, it's everything's going to be extrapolated. You know what athletes do. So this, as parents, this is what you want to do. You want to steer your children towards the good and it's funny because Odell Beckham comes here with and there's people who still want to say that he's got so much of a solid reputation what the hell's the dude ever done except excessive dance and maybe well, piss on a corner of an end zone in adult well, fashion there was a really strange video oh yeah well there was that there was speaking that speaking of really strange King of cryptic tweets, Demarius Randall. Jesus Christ, man. Oh, yeah. Demarius like Randall's that. not happy. Apparently, those contract negotiations, Pete, are not going very well. It certainly doesn't seem like it. He and really... Pete, we talked about... We said... And nobody gives us freaking credit. We said this. Oh, we'll just re-sign Demarius Randall. Yeah, these safeties got paid like they're goddamn top five wide receivers. 
This was going to be an issue with Demarius Randall. Uh, yeah, that's and, and 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 you know I give Demarius Randall credit because when he does this stuff, what does his his feed immediately get full of and responses and stuff? People adding him, adding the Browns and saying get this deal done. He's very good. Oh, he knows how to manipulate. Getting, oh, he knows what he's doing. Fan stuff, fans on his side. Uh, in this stuff, which handing that ball—he th- he thinks handing that ball to Hugh Jackson bought him ten million dollars guaranteed in his next contract. Uh, and 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 it might that's the thing is like it may it may do that. It may but, not be in Cleveland, but yes, yeah. somewhere. But yes, that that is certainly a story to uh, to watch. Now, I you know John Dorsey, how he reacts to that type of stuff, I don't know. It certainly doesn't seem like they've, you know, you know, walked away from the negotiating table and that stuff. But there may come a point where they're basically just like fed up with it. But it's, it, you know, that that's the one thing that like even if you're like cruising towards the draft and stuff and, and you in this, you know, you, you completely ignore the Breer stuff. Like you still get this um, Demarius Randall tweet every so often where he just reminds you of, uh, his situation is yet to be finished. Oh, yeah, and um, apparently he kind of stripped anything Cleveland Browns related from social media bios, which is, you know, that's always fun. That's always fun. Um, Pete, we will get to this tweet before we close this. Um, Jeff Allen, uh, former guard for the Kansas City Chiefs, and you love a guy like this, you know, a guy who found his way, found some success in the NFL. Frank Clark is a violent football player. That's a good thing, the Chiefs. They got a dog. Jeff, do you know? Did you know, Jeff? Did, I, that's one of those ones where somebody's got to reach out to him and say, hey, bro, do you know? Did, did you miss anything? Yikes. Yeah, that's one of those where I don't know if he's genuinely ignorant of the situation or... And this just happens to... Oh, all right. Uh, he, I, there is an amendment to it. Okay. there is Somebody responded to him, not the best phrasing ever. And Jeff Allen responded, was wondering why I keep getting these messages about my poor choice of words. Just found out about his off-field history. Was only commenting on the football player. So, Jeff Allen, I give you a free pass. And I know you're a good dude. And uh, so but, It just happens to be hey, God. inconvenient... Uh, Wording and putting it up on a T. But here's the thing. Google, Pete. Use fucking Google. Find out about something first. Everybody is so quick to put out a thought. At least put, you know, obviously it's not going to be a well-educated thought with Twitter for most people. Google. I I think, you know, players are hoping, you know, assuming. I, the thing is, I'm genuinely amazed he hadn't heard about it. Like, you'd think that would be through the pipeline. But it's one of those things where I think, you know, you're hoping the your player, he's in the fraternity, and you don't want to, you know, you know, immediately assume a guy is, you know, a bad guy. But, yeah, uh, he got caught, caught himself, thankfully. Got, but, got. Uh, yeah, that's one of those where, yeesh. All right, before we put this to bed, Pete, Pete, I mean, before we put this to bed, um, Kyler Murray, we still believing he's the consensus number one overall? Because I got to tell you, I am getting a little bit nervous, but it's like to 90%. But uh, if you're the Cardinals, how do you 
not take Kyler Murray now. And what are you doing? Please, for the love of God, trade Josh Rosen before Thursday night. How do you leave that kid in your wake? Well, I do think they're going to take Kyler Murray. I don't think they're going to be in a rush to trade Josh Rosen, nor should they be. I mean, realistically, look, I, I understand the whole person—you know—the emotional side of it, the the you know, the human side of it. But realistically, if you're the Cardinals, you need to find a quarterback. You need to find a franchise guy. Uh, and even if you take Kyler Murray one, you know, keep both. You know, keep both guys and find out the real one. And and the way quarterback interest works, which is one of the most jacked up calculations ever, is that quarterbacks who don't play seem to get more valuable. Uh, <laughs> and I'm trying to think, who's the uh, Mannion, Sean Mannion, who, who just signed like a one-year deal for nothing. But just sitting there behind Jared Goff, oh, is he going to be the next big deal? Is somebody gonna... Like, this happens, and I don't understand why. Oh, no, there is definitely part of it. Um, my thing, though, is how do you do – I mean, because if you're the Cardinals, you need – I don't know how either one of these kids, whether it's Rosen, whether it's Kyler Murray, succeed. Because the rest of the roster, Pete, it's piss. It's bad. It's terrible. You you know, Larry Fitzgerald, that's fantastic. You know, he's closer to the Hall of Fame than he is being a great player in the NFL. Chandler Jones, sure, yeah, sure. Still a nice pass rusher. Patrick Peterson, now, you know, one of the, you know, he's not the top paid cornerback, and he is probably, you know, top one, two, three of the best cornerbacks in the league. It's just the whole, it seems like there's no, they are, for me, they are on the same equivalent of the Giants, where it's like, for them at least, the Giants think they can just do everything to manipulate the fact that their quarterback sucks. The Cardinals just think, well, if we'll get 12 quarterbacks, as long as we have a good quarterback, we'll be good, which isn't working out either. Yeah, I mean, just not a... How do you not have any rhyme or reason? It's the NFL, for God's sakes. It it stuns me. Stuns me. Yeah, so I think the Cardinals have just put themselves into a corner, and and particularly Cliff Cliff Kingsbury has. Um, And I, I don't think it's entirely his fault. But it really does seem like expectations have been sort of set for him by everybody else. And maybe they can ignore that, and the ownership is going to ignore that and all those things. But it's like you, they, there's this expectation that he has to make, you know, one of these quarterbacks, like, great now. And With what, you know, though? <laughs> that's, and that's the problem. With it's what? not realistic at all. But that, that and if you turn around and, and you turn to the card and you you take Queen and Williams, which is absolutely the smart move. I, I, no, I, I, the I, smart move it would be trading the hell out of one. Well, if they could do that, sure. Yeah, that would be the smart move, and because you, you have no assets anywhere, that would be the smart move. And um, just a quick peek as my Mets are up nine nothing. So Pete, they are going to make it to Thursday night. They are going sure. to make it to relevancy on Thursday night. So I that's absolutely that's great, and and I, I I'm sure you're looking at surgeons to find the best one for Degrom's incoming uh, Tommy John surgery. Um, so and and you'll be really excited that he'll you you know you, you can excuse it by talking about how he got it out of the way. You get that first Tommy John out of the way. Pretty sure it's his second one though. I think he had one in college. Oh, oh great, great. Yes. Second the second time's even better. Um, you know. 
he'll be he'll be great. You have a spare knee ligament you can give up for our guy here, Pete. You have one of those. Maybe they can go back and get uh, Matt Harvey's other. You know, go get go get him for spare parts. I think he left it uh, underneath the dildo he threw in the locker room, Pete. It's somewhere around there or whatever. Um, but guys, uh, look, uh, obviously we're having a lot of fun here, and it, we're, we're closing into Thursday night, which is going to be fantastic. Um, whether or not the Browns dip their feet in the pool or whatever, but you know, Pete and I, we are you know obviously enjoy doing this, talking everything Browns. But the draft is it, it's fun. There will only be one 2019 NFL draft, and you know, obviously we'll, we'll tee it up here, you know, in, in less than two days. Uh, so enjoy every minute of it. It's it, it's fun in. I understand most of you Browns fans, this was always the day you marched on your calendar. This would be the day where everything changed. Yes, one year ago today, everything changed. No doubt about it. And with Freddie, hopefully everything's changed. And with the additions they made, everything's changed. Um, so soak it up. Enjoy it. Uh, you want to do something else Thursday night? I understand. I get it. We're going to be covering the hell out of it. Uh, there will be laughs because the best part is there will be nothing Browns affiliated. So you will just get us in our standpoint on it and everything that went down. Uh, Pete's work over at NFL Spin Zone. And Pete, nothing new's coming, right? You're done hazing the barn, right? Um, I'll probably I gotta come up with something, pro- you know, either for tomorrow or it won't be like some big sweeping deal or anything. But it'll be basically. I, I think well, I'm going to try to write something about uh, basically the play- players I don't want to see end up in the AFC North. Well, you should do that, and maybe there was sh- there can be the the. No way in hell Browns mock draft, Pete. Something of that nature maybe as well. Could be. There you go. And we'll start that. You know, I mean, the, God, we could fill that in about 30 seconds with the players' names. You would just have to do the running. But uh, obviously, guys, uh, you know, obviously Pete's over at fi- uh, the 5,000 K mark now. Appreciate that. Um, been busting his butt. Um, uh, read all the work over at NFL Spin Zone. Follow him at underscore Pete Smith underscore. The show, the Lockdown Browns Twitter account, always a follow-back account. Uh, it, 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 you know, we're getting close to the draft cycle, which kind of stinks because it's fun, and Pete and I enjoy this and have a great time with it. But the excitement for getting this 2019 Browns product on the freaking highway and putting the pedal to the metal, it, it's its like mind-blowing. It, 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 expectations and what should happen and everything. It's going to be a hell of a hell of a ride. Cannot wait to getting you know to that point. Uh, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, go ahead, throw me a follow over there. Uh, we'll do one more tomorrow night. Obviously, like I told you, for Thursday night, we're planning to do at least you know two to three shows here. We'll break down the first round, all that stuff. Then obviously, you'll get stuff Friday. You'll get stuff Saturday. We'll get you know stuff into Sunday, Monday. You know, uh, John Costco will come in. We'll do some uh, draft prospects with the PFF grade. Bunch of great stuff coming here. Um, just enjoy it, guys. You know, obviously, spring is sprung here. Just every aspect of it. Enjoy it. Uh, this product is now towards a winning side of it. It's no more of a, oh, my God, it'd be great if we could get a couple of wins this year. None of that. It's out the window. Expectations. Winning a division. Hosting a playoff game. That's the stuff we're talking about now. And yeah, all you Browns fans, this is what you've hoped for. This is what you wanted. The shit storm for 20 years, that is all in the rear view. It's all eyes forward. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.